1200 presents the Ottawa 67's Buzz on Junior Hockey, a weekly trip around the OHL. Now, let's put on the elbow pads and talk hockey. Good evening and welcome to another edition of the Buzz on Junior Hockey here on TSN 1200. Big weekend for the Ottawa 67. Saginaw in town tonight, Mississauga tomorrow afternoon, and then a visit to the best team in the country into Oshawa on Sunday, 3-3 three and three for the Ottawa 67s. Really looking forward to the program here today. Later on, we'll talk to Sanaya Sapurji, who covers the OHL on a regular basis through Yahoo and Loose Pucks, talk about the Western Conference and some of the things going on with the move to Flint from Plymouth with Saginaw and the Western Conference playoff race. We'll also have a conversation Earlier today, we'll hear it from Pat Higgins and some of his answers to Steve Lloyd and Chris Stevenson in the box on his year so far as a new GM with a new head coach and Jeff Brown, new assistant Mike Eastwood, and how the Ottawa 67s are being so successful. And coming up here in just a minute or two, Senator's assistant general manager, Randy Lee, and we'll go over some of the prospects, including you look to the top of the Eastern Conference and you don't have to look very far. Tobias Lindbergh plays for Oshawa, fourth-round pick of the Senators. Ben Harper plays for Barry. Uh, we know the lanky defenseman that used to play for the Guelph Storm is a big prospect within the organization. And, of course, Nick Paul with the North Bay Battalion. Those teams won two and three in the Eastern Conference ahead of Ottawa, Oshawa, Barry, and North Bay. So should be a real good playoff run here for some prospects. And in fact, you know what? We'll take a quick break right now because Randy Lee standing by, Senator's assistant general manager. That's next on the Buzz on Junior Hockey on TSN 1200. You're listening to Ottawa's one and only junior hockey show. Ottawa 67's Buzz on Junior Hockey on TSN 1200. Welcome back to the Buzz on Junior Hockey here on TSN 1200. And great to have Assistant General Manager of the Ottawa Senators, General Manager of the Binghamton Senators, and really the main guy when it comes to prospects within the Senators organization. Randy Lee joining us on the Buzz on Junior Hockey. Randy, how are you? Very good. Thanks for having me on. No, we appreciate your time. And uh, why we wanted to have you on was to get into... Uh, a lot of the prospects that are playing uh, junior hockey and see how their development is going this year because we hear so much about guys you know, in Binghamton that are called up to the National Hockey League, but guys back down in junior. You know How difficult is it, before we talk specifics, about tracking these guys on a regular basis, making sure you stay in communication and following them with so many other things on your plate? Uh, we have a fairly good routine set up for each player. Uh, they have to stay in touch with us on a weekly basis uh, via email. Uh, we're usually in touch with them by phone every couple weeks. And uh, we have viewings, whether it's myself or Pierre Dorian or Sean uh, Donovan or any of our scouts. We get a lot of viewings on our players. And every time we get a viewing on one of our guys that is what our property, then we go over that and we sort of assess where they're at. Well, let's get into some of them, especially those of us who see and cover games in the Ontario Hockey League. And I know Nick Paul was in town a couple of times after July or January the 1st rolled around with the North Bay Battalion. And uh, this guy, 
in a calendar year, how far has he come? Uh, well, well, considering that we got him in the Jason Spezza trade, we uh, our scouts knew him very well. So we just, as a player development guy, I just got to learn about uh, Nick Paul, and he's he's grown a lot. I mean, he's one of those sort of late bloomer type players. That's really his game has sort of become really much more refined. Uh, we really like the way he plays. We like the way he's coached. Uh, he plays the game right, very responsible with or without the puck, and uh, he's a very competitive guy. And I think the type of player he would project to be as an NHLer is the type of player that he plays now. That's the type of game he plays, which is good for us. For Nick Paul, you mentioned the way that he's coached. What is it about Stan Butler and the North Bay Battalion that you like for his development? One of the biggest transitions guys have to make is they can perform at lower levels, but when they step up to either the American League or the National League, they have more difficulty playing without the puck. But I think the way Stan coaches his players know where to be without the puck, uh, how to know risk versus reward, how to make good decisions on where they should be, how to be above the puck. Um, And I think Nick plays that game very well. Nick, 50 points in 44 games coming into the weekend, including 27 goals. He's a plus 21 on a team, Randy, that it doesn't score a ton of goals. It's not like they have Connor McDavid on their team or sort of play that offensive style. Those are pretty good numbers, aren't they? Very good numbers, and what we like about those numbers are the type of goals he scores. He's willing to get into dirty areas. He's willing to get right around the blue paint and get his nose dirty. Uh, He can score off the rush, but he's good along the cycle, and uh, he's one of those guys that for us is going to be that sort of multi-dimensional type guy in terms of how he can produce offense. When the Jason Spezza deal was made, how critical was Nick Paul as a part of the deal? A very big part of it, and just like Alex Chason is he's a type of guy who scores around the net, like Alex is known for that. And Alex Guptill, the other guy in the uh, trade, is a grittier player too in Binghamton. Same type of guy, plays hard. He's willing to drop the mitts a bit. So uh, it's sort of a different dimension that we thought we needed as an organization. We thought all these three guys provide that, as well as the second-round pick we're going to get. Yeah, Nick Paul is a guy that you know came into camp and, and had a real good camp after uh, playing at the World Junior Summer Development Camp. And then he went and made... The Team Canada at the World Juniors. You know, when you have stops along the way here for a young player, you mentioned he's a late bloomer. To go through those and come out on the other side with confidence, how much does that do for a player with all of those steps that not necessarily everybody gets to do? Definitely. It's, it's huge for him, just not the fact that he gets the experience of being around something like a World Juniors, but he goes through the process of playing it's against some of the best players in the country and he not only makes the team, but I think he carved out a really good role for himself on that team. So that showed the type of player he was, and that showed that the coaching staff had confidence in him to play him in critical situations, which is huge for us. When you look at the Eastern Conference right now in the Ontario Hockey League, the Oshawa Generals, who have only lost seven games in 54 coming into the weekend, in regulation, that is just an incredible number, the number one team in the country. Barry, number two, North Bay, number three. And you have a prospect on every one of those teams. Uh, let's talk about Tobias Lindbergh, who plays for the Oshawa Generals. Came into the weekend with 64 points in 53 games, including 26 goals. Another fourth-round pick. Nick Paul was a fourth-round pick. So is Tobias Lindbergh. What is it that you like about his game in Oshawa right now? Uh, he's 
transitioned to the North American game very well. We always liked Tobias' his skill, his skating, uh, his creativity, but it's harder to assess on the European ice and the European game. And I think both the organization and the player agreed that for him to showcase himself, he needed to play over North America. He was more than willing to do that. At the end of our development camp last year, he met with the Oshawa Generals. He presented him with the opportunity, and he embraced that opportunity, and he's done very well for himself. Uh, his coach is tough. DJ Smith is a very demanding guy. He's a in-your-face, hard-nosed guy, which is good for Tobias, and I think Tobias has responded to that type of coaching, and he's now playing a much more north-south game rather than an east-west game, but he's producing a lot of points, and he's uh, shown the competitiveness that we want to see out of him. Can you just talk about the difficulty of a player? You know, you play over sees in Europe and then you come over and not only are you playing on a smaller ice surface you're getting used to different things in the Ontario Hockey League but as you mentioned DJ Smith is not the easiest guy to play with heck of a good coach but very tough very tough and uh, Tobias would say to me goes he says he's really hard on him like he he gets after him and he pushes him to be better and Tobias has responded initially he didn't know how to uh, embrace it but I think now he realizes that the coach has his best interest at heart, so he's really responded. But, uh, yeah, it's just not just the uh, the North American game, but it's the schedule, and it's sometimes it's the three-on-three three on the weekends, and it's the travel and playing a, a 76-game season or whatever it is, and then going into the playoffs. So it's going to be the best thing for him to prepare himself. You move on in the Eastern Conference, and Ben Harper traded from the Guelph Storm to the Barry Colts, a big defenseman. Uh, that you have seen now in a couple of rookie tournaments and, and had under your wing for a couple of years. Uh, ben Harper was asked to play a little bit more of a nastier game, and it looks like he's done that. Do you feel that way for Harper? Definitely. Uh, we knew he was like uh, Jared Cowan. We had these guys who were six foot four type guys. They look like men, but they're still boys inside, and I think they have to grow into their bodies and grow into their strength, and Ben has done that. He had a really, really improved um, from one camp to the next. And I think uh, at our, his ex meeting this year, the coaching staff and the management team really sent him a strong message about how much he has improved. And I think he's starting to play now with a lot more confidence. And he's a real, he can play hard. He's got decent skill. He moves the puck much better than people think. And one big asset of his game, he's a defenseman that can play both the left and right side. And he's very comfortable both. So that helps him out a lot. For Ben Harper, too, you talk about playing under coaches. Uh, I would think playing under Dale Howarchuk would be a very beneficial thing for him. Definitely. That, that's a big thing for us. We like sometimes the organization that they're set up with and the coach they work with, and it has plays big dividends for the players. For Ben Harper, what does he have to do to take the next step once he finishes junior hockey? Uh, keep playing – Keep playing the way he's playing. The, the good thing about Ben is he understands the type of player he has to play at the next level. Some difficulty we have with young guys is they think they can be a different type of player and that won't translate at the next level. Ben understands the role he has. He understands the type of player he has to be and I think he embraces that. So that's huge for us. For the... Ottawa Senator prospects and you evaluating in the playoffs has to be a real good thing. As I mentioned, Randy and Randy Lee, assistant general manager of the Ottawa Senators, joining us here in the buzz on junior hockey, that those three prospects that we just talked about are 
in top three positions in the Eastern Conference and all teams really poised. I know you can't guarantee it, but poised for long playoff runs. Yeah, and that's one thing that uh, Brian Murray's challenged us on. He said, not only do we want to develop good players and guys who can play at this level, but we want guys who can elevate their game in playoff situations when the compete level goes that much higher. And I think this is going to be a good test for all three players. Uh, Let's look at other prospects uh, playing a junior hockey right now, not necessarily in the Ontario Hockey League. And how about uh, Francis Perron uh, right now, who is uh, having himself a a whale of a year. And this is a guy who you picked in the seventh round. He's playing for Ryan Naranda. And this year he's got 66 points in 51 games heading into the weekend. Yeah, he's he's an undersized guy that's very fast and an incredible skill set. Uh, we've seen him a number of times, and we've talked to him. He's very receptive to our feedback. I think he's trying to understand what he has to do as a smaller player to be not just effective at the junior level, but to play and be competitive at the next level. And uh, he's going to be a, he could be a real surprise for us. And how about Vincent Dunn? I think we've seen him a couple of times. Uh, certainly has the penalty minutes and a bit of the agitator role going on in junior hockey playing for Valdor. Uh, this is a guy that, how big are the expectations uh, for him? As I mentioned, started in Valdor, but he's been through a number of uh, different teams now playing with Ramuski. Vince is a really interesting guy. I, I have a special feeling for Vince just because he plays the game really hard, very competitive. He's got above average skills he can be a, a top two line guy uh and he does play on the edge the, the biggest challenge for him is understanding where that line is and how not to cross it he's been suspended a number of times uh he's had to deal with that he's lost some important games just because of suspension so he's trying to address that into his game he's very effective when he plays on that edge but we just have to get him to understand of where the line is and how not to cross it so he's an asset to his team rather than a detriment you know, guys from years ago would say, like, Eddie Shack. He's he's a combination of Eddie Shack and Patrick Coletta and a number of guys, but he's got a pretty good skill set. So we see a lot of promise in him, but he's just got to figure out how to be really effective without being a detriment to his team. All right, let's not compare him to Patrick Coletta. Uh, one, <laughs> one of the guys I think Ottawa fans uh, don't like the most in the entire National Hockey League. Uh, in 39 games, he's got 16 goals, as Vincent done so far this year. As you mentioned, 138 penalty minutes. What are some of the factors when an organization talks to a young man about finding out where exactly that line is? Well, we'll have him talk to some of our players, some of our tougher guys. He's lucky he trained with us this summer, so he got to work on a daily basis with Chris Neal, so Chris could help him quite a bit. Uh, we've had him talk to other people, like Jason Smith was a tough guy who, in our organization who played really hard. I've had Sean Donovan talk to him. It's just a matter of understanding how to be. I mean, people don't like Patrick Coletta. There's guys in the Quebec League who don't like Vincent Dunn. And that's not a bad thing if he's on your team. But uh, I think he's he's a type of guy that wants to learn. He wants to get better. He pushed himself. At the end of last season, we brought him down to uh, Binghamton to sort of play a couple games and to witness the playoffs. And he was really engaged in that. When people talk about the Ottawa Senators organization, I think very positively about the strength and development program that these guys get into when you select them in the draft to where they're able to get to in the next two or three years. Can you just give us a couple of points on what exactly the organization focuses on when you get a player and what things you can do to 
try to get him to the next level? Because your organization around the league, known as one of the top organizations in doing so. Oh, definitely. I think that the best thing, Chris Schwartz and his group do an amazing job. Uh, first of all, getting a snapshot of the player, doing a functional screen on the guy, figuring out which limitations they have, where their strengths are, and teaches the player how to understand their body and how to focus on doing the things they need to do to get better, not just the things they like to do. So many guys train and just keep working on their strengths. Chris is very good at getting the player to understand that for them to take the next step, they have to focus on those things that they need to improve in their game. And it's an ongoing process. It's just not the summer training, but it's information, it's workshops, it's all about recovery, regeneration, activation routines, he focuses on you know their power development, on sprinting mechanics, on skating mechanics. Like it's the whole picture of how he approaches it, and I think does a really good job for our players. Before we let you go, for you, I know it's your job, so you're probably going to say you're happy. But how much does it mean to you to watch guys come up, guys like Shane Prince, who just got his first call up after spending some time in the American Hockey League. Of course, what Andrew Hammond did against the Montreal Canadiens. Jean-Gabriel Pajot has been up and down. There's been a number of guys that have kind of come up to the big roster here and, and gotten their shot because of the work that you and the organization have done in developing these players over the last couple of years. You have to be pretty satisfied. It is the best part of the job. I can say that without any doubt. For me, it's the most rewarding part. Uh, you invest in these kids. They're very good people, very receptive. You like working with good people. I think our scouts have done a great job drafting good people. But when you see them take the next step and achieve, and it's milestone goals. I mean, we just handed Curtis Lazar his frame picture of his first goal, and we're going to do something now for Andrew Hammond for his first NHL game. These are huge milestones, and it's very rewarding to see these guys make these levels. And you see the potential in each one of them, even whether it's a, a Mark Borowiecki who just threw out of hard work just – got to the next level and proved he's a regular NHL player or Mark Stone who had some deficiencies in his game when we first got him, but he just addressed each one of them and worked hard and just carved out a role for themselves and made themselves NHLers. I know I said that was going to be my last question, but you brought up Mark Stone who you know was a late-round pick. Uh, Mike Hoffman, same sort of thing for this team. When guys might take a little bit longer. I mean, Hoffman's taken in 2009 in the fifth round. Mark Stone in 2010 in the sixth round. And people talk about them as kind of young players coming up, but you've had them in the organization here for four or five years for them to be able to do what they're doing right now. Well, definitely. And that's a goes to the credits for our scouting staff to be able to find these guys in the late rounds. I mean, you always think about some of these draft picks that we get, but to go out and get a Mark Stone in the sixth round and it's it's really important for us. And some of the guys at the Colin Greenings and Condors were seventh-round picks. When we get these players in our system, we make the commitment to them. We, we don't look at where you're drafted. You're part of our family now. We're going to invest in you. You have to invest in yourself. We're going to give you the information. You have to do the work. And that relationship has really worked for us. And it's like we said, it's, it's the lifeblood of any organization. You have to draft well. You have to develop well if you want to be competitive in the NHL. Zach Smith, a third-round pick. Mark Borowiecki, a fifth-round pick. You, you can keep going here. Jean-Gabriel Pajot's a fourth-round pick. I mean, uh, these are some of the basic elements to keep your organization going. Randy Lee, assistant general manager of the Ottawa Senators, head man of the Binghamton Senators. We appreciate a prospect update here on the Buzz on Junior Hockey and continued success. We appreciate your time. Great. Thank you very much.
Brandy Lee, Assistant General Manager of the Ottawa Senators, General Manager of Bingo, and tell you what, nobody works harder, he and his scouts, as far as being at the rinks. These guys come into town, even on the road, they're there watching, making sure that they have progression and updates on the kids and making sure that they know exactly where they are and you know, even being privy to some of the conversations that they have when a player doesn't play necessarily very well in that particular game, they want to hear that. They want to talk to the guy and find out how he thinks he played and making sure that everybody on the same page. Lots to look forward to when it comes to Ottawa Senator prospects in the playoffs. Many people excited about the 67s, but with Ben Harper on Barry, Tobias Lindbergh in Oshawa, and Nick Paul in North Bay, some of the top teams in the Eastern Conference in the OHL. The playoffs should be fun from an Ottawa Senator fan perspective. We'll be back with more The Buzz on Junior Hockey here on TSN 1200. You're listening to Ottawa's one and only junior hockey show, Ottawa 67's Buzz on Junior Hockey on TSN 1200. Welcome back to the Buzz on Junior Hockey here on TSN 1200. The Ottawa 67s really have overachieved this year, I think, from a lot of people's viewpoint. They come into the weekend with a real chance to get past North Bay and into third in the Eastern Conference. 31-22-1 for 65 points in 54 games. Nobody quite knew exactly what to expect with a new GM, a new head coach, a new assistant coach, and many of the star players 18 years old or younger on this team. But earlier today, it was Pat Higgins, general manager of the Ottawa 67s, who joined in the box with Steve Lloyd and Chris Stevenson. And they asked him a number of topics. And the first topic that they got into with the GM of the team was about Jeff Brown and Mike Eastwood behind the bench and the job that they did, and if Pat expected it to be this good this early in the transition of a new head coach in the OHL. I liked our team going in, uh, you know, a, a team that had, that had missed the playoffs for a couple of years. And, you know, when you have some high draft picks, uh, like a Konechny and a, and a Baron, and we were able to acquire some picks or some high draft picks in their draft. Middleton as a first rounder, Herbst as a first rounder, Addison's a first rounder. Uh, so Salatero, so out of one draft, we have four or five first rounders out of that draft all in our team. You know, so I, I really liked our team. Uh, I think the coaches have done a really, really good job as far as, you know, getting players to play to their to their level and, um, you know, carrying on. I, I think the guys before us did a very good job too. I, we were just in, in that rebuilding stage. And so I think, um, you know, so you don't want to make sure you – you don't give credit where credit is due because until you walk a mile in someone's shoes, you never really know what they go through. So, you know, the Chris Byrne, Misha Donskoff, you know, I was part of the, the scouting staff in those days. But, but those guys, I think, put the building blocks in place. And I think Jeff and Mike have, have uh, come in and taken it, you know, to a, to another level. And um, I think both with their experience as players and as coaches have been able to, uh, you know, to get these players maybe to buy in and to, to understand really how important it is to play without the puck. If I was, you know, going to say even back in our heyday, you know, it's the Foley era. Those guys love to score Prince and to Foley and those, and those types of guys. We don't have that firepower. 
in our arsenal and our, I think our coaches understood that from the very beginning is exactly what type of team we had and the type of systems and and responsibilities that our players needed to understand for us to be successful and I think they've done a really really good job of that. Continuing on that conversation, the boys asked Pat about Jeff Brown specifically and what stood out for Jeff to be a great head coach. He was in the United States Hockey League. He has spent time in the St. Louis minor hockey system. He's got a son now that plays with Windsor in the Ontario Hockey League. Uh, Jeff Brown, a very emotional guy and a very good coaching record previously. But how would he do at the next level and what makes him stand out so early? I think his commitment to detail and and his commitment to hold the best player as accountable as you know, our, our oldest guys and our youngest guys or our most talented and, and the kids that, that, you know, that come to the rink. I think some of our guys that, you know, people would have thought of as, as you know, maybe not our most talented players, but, uh, you know, again, I think they're all talented. So, but some of the guys like a Sam Stanika and, and those types of kids that just come to the rink every day, they're quiet. They, they're, they're leaders in their own way just because of their work ethic. Uh, they know, they play as hard at home as they do on the road. Uh, they're very uh, team oriented types of guys. And I think those guys have really benefited from the, uh, the work ethic and, and the mentality that our coaches have instilled in, in all of our players. I don't think there's any question the job that Jeff Brown did early with sitting down some of his top players, getting not only them to buy in, but some of the other players who got more ice time in their development, guys like Sam Studnika and Nathan Todd, some of the guys who produced have got more ice time because of it, and the rest of the guys had to follow suit, and therefore you have a much better team right now than you did at the beginning of the season. Can't say enough about the job that head coach Jeff Brown and assistant coach Mike Eastwood have done with this team. They also made some moves, and not all of them to add guys. They did add a few guys along the way, like Curtis Meehan, hometown boy who comes back, from the Kitchener Rangers earlier this year. Another hometown boy, Evan DeHaan, moved in from Sudbury. So a little local flavor with the team. But they also traded Eric Bradford for a couple of draft picks and looked towards the future as well. How did Pat Higgins feel about his moves at the trade deadline? This is his answer. It's been able to put some kids into ice time that maybe they weren't able to get before. Hmm. Like Nathan Todd at one time this year was center in our fourth line, which gave us a lot of depth. Uh, to have a you know a 19 year old who's you know was really just a rookie, but you know right now he's our number one center and and Travis Barron who at times was on your fourth line you know being a 16 year old kid is now jumped into first line minutes so you know Brendan Bell with that second line with Bell and Salatero and Addison and now you have Connect Me with Todd and and Barron and then our third line uh, Curtis Meehan is just you know a kid that I've known since he's been 15 and his game just doesn't change like. He's one of those kids that you know exactly what you're getting. And then you have Studsy on that third line with Millette, who just comes to the rink every day and works, gives us a really good third line. And then our fourth line is, is made up of kids. But it's I think from the trade deadline, you know, again, I think a lot of teams are like that. Everybody now knows where they are. Like, this is our team. where There's nobody else coming in here. So it, it's, it's yours to, to make it with as you as you might. And so I think a lot of kids have seized opportunities since the trade deadline that maybe they didn't get the quality of lifetime that they're getting uh, before the trade line they're getting now. One of the great stories this year for the Ottawa 67s was the top prospects game that happened in Niagara 
in the month of January. Uh, many knew that Travis Konechny would be there, but not having the greatest first half, it meant a lot for Travis Konechny to go and play well. Could he do it? Well, he absolutely did, was the star of the game. All the headlines read, Konechny leads at Team Orr 6 nothing over Team Cherry. He had two goals in the game and was a bright spot for the team. And was with all the headlines, Travis Konechny raised his stock. But one of the other great stories was Liam Herps getting the call because Mackenzie Blackwood got sick earlier in the week. Herps got the call on Wednesday to go play goal and 21 saves for a half-game shutout for Liam Herps. Pat Higgins talked about that day and what it meant to him. Well, it's like you're like a proud dad uh, sitting back. I, I text uh, Travis and his dad both. You know, right after the game, and it's you know, and I told Travis to you know pass this on to Liam because they were together, and uh, you know, from an organizational standpoint, uh, you know that we got some great press. Um, you know, for, and over the last two years, we you know most of the press we got was negative, and and so you know to be able to heap some praise back on a let's face it, a you know a, a very proud franchise, a storied franchise, and. Uh, so, you know, for somebody like you said, like myself, that's been around a long time, uh, you know, you've been part of the glory years. And so, you know, it's great to uh, to be able to to feel some of that love coming back your way again. And as we mentioned, Travis Konechny didn't get off necessarily to the start that he wanted to get off to. Second year in the league, great rookie season for the Ottawa 67s with 70 points. Name the captain a lot of pressure coming in as a projected possible top 10 pick in the National Hockey League. He got hit by Cucurudo, the Plymouth Whalers. Cucurudo got a 12-game suspension for the hit. Did Travis Konechny come back too early? Was he ready? Did he have a concussion? There's so many things that happened to Konechny in the first half of the year. And he plummeted a little bit in the rankings. Different people had him down late in the first round or even possibly a second-round pick. But Travis Konechny has come on and been the fire of the Ottawa 67s for the last eight weeks or so. Leading by example has been dynamic in many of the games. And I'm sure a lot of confidence from that top prospects game against the 40 of the best prospects in the country playing head to head. Pat Higgins, general manager, was asked why Konechny has gotten better in the second half of the year. It's that old saying, I think the cream rises to the top and the, uh... There was a lot of things going on. He's a young kid. It's his draft year. Uh, there was a draft show coming along. He took the hit. Uh, he became a captain of a major junior hockey team at the age of 17, which was a lot of responsibility. A new coach that's trying to help him understand the 200-foot game. Uh, so it was just a lot of things for a 17-year-old at the time to try and digest. And, um, you know, I just think that uh, he's found his way. And like you said, the hit might have taken the wind out of his sails. But um, the great thing about him is he came to the work every day, or came to the rink every day and just worked hard. He he was diligent. He wanted to watch film. Uh, you know, he's a very very competitive kid. He's got a big engine, and uh, there was just no way that you're going to keep that kid down. All in all, a fun ride for the Ottawa 67s and Pat Higgins. Never goes exactly how you script it. Jeff Brown's learning. Mike Eastwood's learning. Pat Higgins is learning. Although he's been around the game for a long time, his first year in the hot seat as the general manager of the team. But when people go and watch the Ottawa 67s, it's a fun team to watch and never give up. 
They're never out of a game. Three consecutive games last week, they were down by two goals and came back and found a way to win. And they're challenging up near the top of the Eastern Conference for home ice advantage in the playoffs. And that has to be a goal for this team. And it looks good at least that they're going to finish in the fourth spot and get home ice. Can they overtake the North Bay Battalion? We'll see. But this is a team that even though it's young and some of their stars like Konechny and like Dante Salaturo and Jeremiah Addison, you have some veterans on the team as well. Guys like Sam Studnika and Nathan Todd. And on the back end, some local flavor. It's a real nice mix. They have young goaltending, of course, and Liam Herbst and Leo Lazareff. Uh, but this team is going to be even better next year, and they're awfully good this year. Great job by Pat Higgins, and uh, we appreciated his time earlier on In the Box. You're listening to the Buzz on Junior Hockey here on TSN 1200. You're listening to Ottawa's one and only junior hockey show. Ottawa 67's Buzz on Junior Hockey on TSN 1200. Welcome back to the Buzz on Junior Hockey here on TSN 1200. And as we look forward to the weekend and with Saginaw in town tonight, you know, a lot of stories, I think, coming from the U.S., whether it is Flint, Michigan, from Plymouth's move next year in time for Flint to have a team and, of course, Tyfel Haber, uh, Ottawa kid, uh, playing right now with uh, the Saginaw Spirit. And to break down the Western Conference and someone that just knows a whole heck of a lot more than I do, Sonia Sapergi from, well, so many different places, Yahoo, Buzzing the Net, and uh, the Star, and covers the OHL and Loose Pucks as the better of Terry Doyle. So, I mean, really, she's tops in our book. Sonia, how are you? Uh, I'm fine, Lee. How are you? Was that a good intro? Did I miss yeah, anything? Great. No, that, that's, that's <laughs> everything pretty much. You're a very busy lady. Um, first of all, let's talk about you know Saginaw and Plymouth and the success, or lack thereof, maybe, of hockey in the Ontario Hockey League in the state of Michigan. Uh, what did you make of the move from Plymouth to Flint in time for next year? Do you think it's a good move for the OHL? Well, you know what? Uh, I don't know if it's necessarily a good move for the OHL because you're you're losing um, Peter Carmanos as an owner, who is a one of a, one of the the really good owners in, in the OHL, who did a lot for USA Hockey, did a lot for the OHL in in terms of of opening up that uh, Michigan market and the U.S. market uh, for the OHL. So losing him as an, an owner definitely is going to hurt. At the same time, however, uh, the Plymouth Whalers were, were an incredibly successful team on the ice, but that never really translated to, to bringing in uh, big crowds. Uh, you know, I think under Mike Vellucci's uh, tenure there, I, I don't think they – they missed the playoffs for something like 23 years. I, I think the way things are going now, it'll probably be – uh, the, the first time that that streak is is broken in 23 years, uh, they of course are our last place in the Western Conference. So uh, I think it's it's a shame to to lose uh, Plymouth, and I think it's a shame to lose an owner like Peter Carmano. For the players, and maybe even more so for the parents. And I know there's been some issues, of course, uh, the tragedy 
uh, with Terry Trafford in Saginaw uh, previously. But when parents in the Ontario Hockey League, if you're growing up in metropolitan Toronto or Ottawa or anywhere in between, do you think that there's a sense of parents being scared, for lack of a better term, of sending their kids across the border to play in either Saginaw, Erie, or what's going to be Flint next year? You know what, I think there there should be some concern, but I think across the board they should be there should be concern regardless of if you're sending your your um, son to to Saginaw or Sault Ste. Marie. I think parents um, really need to to do their homework. They need to ask the right questions. Where is my son going to be billeted? Where where are they going to be going to school? Um, I know um, Flint has has a, a bad rap for for being. Uh, a city that has been in the uh, FBI uh, top 10 for uh, most dangerous cities in, in the U.S. Uh, for a number of years. Um, but, I mean, the, the, from what I've um, heard from the OHL, the players are actually going to be staying in a suburb outside of Flint in uh, Grand Blanc, Michigan, um, which I've, I've heard is quite nice. The OHL, um, during their run-through, when they went to uh, – Visit Flint, uh, you know, said it, it was nice, and Dave Branch actually said their high school was probably one of the nicest he had ever been to. But I think, uh, I think, anytime you're sending your your kid uh, away, you need to do your homework. You know, you need to know the kind of people that your son is going to be uh, living with, the kind of people who are going to be in charge. Um, you know, the general manager, the coach, you know, everyone involved with the team. Um, at least, if it was my son, I, I would definitely want to know. Uh, that, that he was in good, capable hands. Uh, what do you make of the playoff race going on right now? Are we almost guaranteed to have this epic battle in the Western Conference final between Connor McDavid and then a gluttony of superstars with the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds? Oh, that is going to be, I think, um, one of the marquee matchups. That could decide the, the OHL. Um, you know, of course, you, you can't rule out the Oshawa Generals who are leading the league right now, but... You know, the, the last few years, for the longest time, the the Eastern Conference has always been seen as, as kind of the weaker sister, and, you know, the, the Western Conference is, is where you've had the, you know, the OHL champions come out of for, for the last few years. But um, I think going going through the Western Conference, there are a number of teams that could be, you know, dark horses, like the, the Kitchener Rangers right now, uh, after getting Jake Patterson uh, in that deal with with Saginaw, uh, are looking really scary, especially at, at home. You know they're seven and three in their last ten, um, and he has just been lights out for for them. You know they at one point they were looking at the outside uh, in at the playoffs, and now all of a sudden they find themselves in in fifth spot, and you know three points behind uh, Guelph for home ice advantage. So. Uh, but yeah, Erie and the Sioux are, are definitely the teams to beat in the Western Conference, and and you know having those two uh, face off against each other, I think that could could uh, decide who wins the OHL this year. Yeah, it's going to be a great matchup, and that's where I can't wait to watch Connor McDavid because you go up against you know teams that have a lot of talent and a lot of depth, and you know can McDavid is he that good? that he can win playoff series by himself going up against other talented teams. You know, if I had to rank them, I, I think Sault Ste. Marie is a better hockey team than Erie. But 
Here he's got Connor McDavid, and that's kind of the X factor for me. I, I don't know if he's capable, and maybe he is, of winning a series by himself. You know what? Just having seen Connor McDavid play at the World Juniors and, and seeing him play, um, you know, just coming off of that hand injury, I think he's definitely a guy who could, um, you know, who could put uh, the otters over the top because he's someone who seems to thrive um, when the spotlight and the, the pressure is, is on. Um, so, yeah, and, but I think, you know what, I think uh, that series to me is going to come down to goaltending. Um, but, but yeah, uh, I, I can't wait to see Connor McDavid because I think he's, he's just going to shine. USA Hockey, and there's been some legal matters happening in the state of Washington between the the WHL, and I know that USA Hockey has kind of come back out and said that all CHL players and U.S. teams are members of USA Hockey. What does that mean for some of the legal proceedings that are happening? Yeah, well, well, right now um, there are four teams in the Western Hockey League based in in, uh, the state of Washington that are uh, lobbying legislators to try and uh, see if, if their players can be deemed as non-employees. Um, and recently, uh, the GM of the um, Seattle Thunderbirds uh, was quoted as saying that, you know, uh, CHL teams that are based in the United States are members of USA Hockey. And there was a, a story, um, I think it was earlier this week um, in the Toronto Star, that, uh, said that they were not. Uh, well, we've just learned from USA Hockey uh, today that uh, players on CHL teams based in the United States are indeed members of USA Hockey. So that was an erroneous report there. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I think whether or not uh, they are deemed employees or, or not, um, it's it's going to be important in terms of, of unionization. Uh, that's really the, the key um, to any kind of unionization is is whether or not players are employees or if they're not. So if they're found not to be employees, then, then that could be a big blow for uh, unionization uh, attempts, uh, at least in Washington State. Sanaya Sapurji joining us here on the Buzz on Junior Hockey from Buzzing the Net, uh, covering junior hockey for Yahoo!, and uh, loose pucks with Terry Doyle and all over the place here. Uh, I can tell you that tomorrow night, Matt Pumple's going to make his National Hockey League debut. Shane Prince made his NHL debut on Monday, and it looks like Malcolm Subban will make his National Hockey League debut tonight for the Boston Bruins. Does that make you feel as old as, as I feel when I hear that those guys are making their National Hockey League debuts? I was just going to say, those are those are names are like, Last from the past. Um, yeah, it, it totally makes me feel old hearing hearing that. Well, not as old as it uh, makes me feel. I mean, covering those guys, it seems like yesterday, and all of a sudden, where did the time go that those guys have spent, you know, two or three years in the American Hockey League and are ready to get to prime time? Uh, we saw them when they were trying to get there and kind of crafting out their hockey journey here. Sanaya, yeah. thanks for your time. Always a pleasure, Lee. Sanaya really is a, one of the true insiders in the Ontario Hockey League and has a, a pulse on exactly what's going on, especially with the Western Conference. And 
Uh, we appreciate her insight as to some of the matters in the Western Conference. That's going to do it for the buzz on junior hockey. I want to thank Randy Lee, Senator's Assistant General Manager, for joining us. So we heard from Pat Higgins, who was on earlier on in the day, and, of course, Sanaya being on the program as well. You've been listening to the Buzz on Junior Hockey on TSN 1200.